you can grab your seats. I have the honour and privilege to welcome our special guest this morning, Pastor Will Green, youth pastor and young adult pastor at C3 Church Ride with his lovely wife, Liv, who's 33 weeks pregnant, am I right? So she's back home nesting and doing all those things that you do at 33 weeks pregnant. So that's a very exciting time for them. But for me, I've just um, sort of got to know Will and Liv. We have as a couple for the last sort of four or five years as we've been in the youth game and they are just so inspiring. They're prayer warriors. Their prayer life just, um, every time Will speaks about how they are praying passionately and um, really focused prayer, the way that they're communicating with God, things just shift and move. They have such faith. They're inspiring beyond measure. Um, and uh, like their summer camp is incredible, well, not summer camp, their April camp uh, for youth has just gone beyond um, expectations year after year. And we just love to see that and journey with them and just hear from them and get insight from them. So I know this morning, one thing that Will has, like everyone would say, Will's a funny guy, but he's actually an incredible communicator of simplifying the words so that dum-dums like me can go like, ah, that's what you're saying there, God. (laughs) Ha-ha, brilliant. So why don't we stand to our feet and welcome Pastor Will as he comes up here and shares with us. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. You can grab a seat. Thank you, Simon. Um, generally, when, um, if someone is funny, um, they don't like it that you say, this person is funny. It's better if you say, he's very boring, and then everyone's surprised, but thank you, I'll do my best, no pressure. Um, yeah, 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 I'll try. Um, I'll try, you know, look to the stars and on your face, that's fine. Um, that's not very inspiring for January, is it? Um, but I just want to say it's such an honour for um, Jerry and I to be here with you guys, um, and especially with Pastor Bruce, Pastor Julie. It's such an honour for us. Um, you guys are just such highly respected pastors in our movement, and so, you know, we're, we're I don't know about Jerry, um, but me, um, uh, I don't know, he's just pretty chill, but you know, it's, it's a real honour for us to be here, so thank you so much. And uh, it's an honour to be here with your church. What a beautiful church. There's just such a buzz in here, isn't there? It's so beautiful. And there's like all the kids and all the youth and all everyone else who feels young, but the body is not so young. What, what a, that's what church should be like, shouldn't it? Like a family. Every generation represented. I think it's beautiful. So what, what, a, what an awesome, awesome Sunday. It's going to be so good. And I, I just want to give a shout out to your youth leaders here. Um, because summer camp was incredible. And uh, summer camps, are, they can be expensive. There's a lot of time and effort involved. Um, they can be a lot of work, but they're actually an investment into the future. And uh, it's an investment into the future of these young people. And your young people are so beautiful. See some sitting over there. Just they're such beautiful people. They're just so great. And I think you should just be a very proud church to have the, the high caliber of young people that you do. They're just wonderful, amazing. And, um, and, and in particular, your youth leaders. Um, if, I, if I was a parent, I'm soon to be one. Um, uh, not of a teenager, like that, that'd be a bit strange if a 16-year-old came out. Um, but luckily, they'll start as a baby. That's what I'm told. Um, I, I, I would have. A, I, I would just be glad that my teenagers were in this church. Your your youth leaders are incredible. They're high capacity. They're very skilled. But it's not their skills that makes them great leaders. It's their heart. They love the teenagers. They're invested in their lives. And uh, when I was a teenager, my parents were great. 
But the people who shaped my faith were my older brothers and sisters, my youth leaders. They're the ones who helped me make good decisions. They're the ones I would open up to. So if, if maybe you are kind of new here and you're a parent of teenagers, uh, can I say you found yourself in, in a wonderful church. Uh, uh, your, your young people are in very safe hands. So um, very good. They're just so incredible. All right, well, why don't we get into it? It's January. Who loves January? It's a beautiful month. Just thanks, team. So good. Great worship this morning. I could leave you there, but I'll put you out of your misery. Thank you. Um, January. We're, we're getting to the end. I know school's going back, but a January, it's my favorite month because it's the month of promise, isn't it? It's the month of expectation. Anything could happen in January. It's like a clean slate. Or, you know, November me, he's a shadow, he's a memory, he's gone. A January me is here. The positive, faith-filled, excited me. I love January me. Soon I'm going to f- come face-to-face with the May version of me, um, which, uh, you know, I'm not a fan of May Will. I like January Will the best. I wish January Will could stick around until November. But January is wonderful. Uh, I just love starting the year. It's, it's just that clean slate, that fresh headspace and um, you know maybe uh, maybe you've never been to church before and you're visiting it's your first time here I just want to say welcome um, I'm also a visitor too so we're in the same boat maybe we can chat later um, but I know it can be a big deal to come to church sometimes for the first time or or it can be a big deal to return to church after a bit of absence um, but I just want to say well done to you so glad you're here and uh, you know maybe you're thinking what's this year going to be like for me Um, What could it look like? I want to do better. I want to be better. I want to improve. Can I say that the best life you can live in 2019 is is not through mindful coloring. It's not through, um, you know, Bikram yoga. It's not through um, healthy eating. You know, it's not it's not through the kombucha and the spirulina and the other gross things my wife puts in my morning smoothies. Um, Everything you're looking for, like really deep down in your heart can be found in the arms of Jesus. I love Jesus because everything I've been searching for in my whole life, I found it in Jesus. I found security. I found acceptance. I found forgiveness. I found peace. And if you can just continue, like already you've made a decision to include Jesus in the start of your year. If you can just keep doing that, decisions to include Jesus in your year, or what a year it will be. It may not be an easy year, but you'll be secure. You'll find peace. You'll find forgiveness. And so I just want to say, come on, just... Keep making those decisions to find Jesus. Don't worry if it's all new to you and you don't understand the Bible and, you know, some of it goes over your head. Me too. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know what anyone's talking about, but I love Jesus and I want to know more about him, so keep coming along. But let, let's, uh, in the words of Maria von Trapp, let's start at the very beginning, a very good place to start. Uh, maybe you've been, uh, that, that's from The Sound of Music, if, if you didn't get that. The younger kind of side, I noticed, uh, a bit blank there. Uh, I'll just try and, I'm going to get some references Lower down, I'll do some cultural references higher up, so hopefully we can spread the cultural references evenly around. Um, but maybe, maybe um, you've been a Christian for a little while, and so in January, like me, I like to open my Bible and go, I'm going to read this this year. And I start at the very beginning, I start in Genesis. And the, the first words, that some of the first words we see God speak are, let there be, and then there is. So God says, let there be light, and there is light, and let there be this, and there is this, and let there be that, and there is that. And um, Hebrews uh, 11 verse 3 says, By faith we know that the universe was formed at God's command. So God spoke and it happened. His let there be was powerful. His let there be was creative. Um, I also have a let there be for my 2019. Like let there be health. Let there be, you know, 
more sleep, I hope, but I don't know. I'm not sure. Let, like, let there be productivity. Let there be like, less snappy responses when I get annoyed with someone. Like, I have plans also. But uh, my problem is my let there be is not like God's let there be. God's let there be is, you know, God speaks and it is. Mine is I speak and check in with me in a couple months and see how I'm going on that. Like I'll say like, you know, this year I'm going to do this. Like just to be really honest with you and open. And we're in church, so, you know, you're not allowed to judge me. Um, I'm just, you know, sharing my, my, my heart with you. I have quit McDonald's and then gone to McDonald's the next day. I have decided no more McDonald's. This is the year of clean eating. And the next day I'm in McDonald's. I have started fasts in the morning and I've quit them at breakfast. I've decided, God, you know, I'm going you know, I'm, I'm I'm to go without to seek you. And I'm like, actually, I'm hungry. I, sorry, God, I changed my mind. I have, I, I have trouble following through sometimes with my plans. My, my let there be is not as good. But, um, you know, God's word creates something. God's word created, but his word still creates. And so when you spend time in God's word, it actually does something in you. It creates something in you. And um, the amazing thing is when we uh, align our plans with God's plans, his word makes them come to pass. When we align our heart with God's heart, the dreams in our heart, they, it's, it's his dream for us comes to pass because it's not the strength of our words that create things in our life. It's the strength of his word that creates things in our life. And so when we align those things together, things come to happen. It's awesome. And so um, I, you know, it's not, it's not my plan. It's, it's his plan. And, and I can try and do things in my own strength or I can seek God for his way um, because his ways are higher, the Bible says. His, his thoughts are higher. His plans are better. He, he just has a better way for me to do my life than I have. And they're good plans too, because he loves you. And uh, when I align my plans with his plans, um, it's amazing. But that's easier said than done, isn't it, sometimes? Because you hear people at church say, you know, seek God, listen to God, what does God say? And then you go home and, you, and you're like, there's no burning bush, there's no angel, the cloud, like I'm driving to work, the clouds aren't opening, I'm, I'm having a little trouble. And uh, can, I, can I just say, if that's you, don't fret. Don't fret. You can hear the voice of God. You can, hear, you can get a glimpse of his plans for your life. And I'm believing that this morning, at the end, when we just worship and we look to Jesus, that he's going to put something in your heart. He's going to reveal something to you, if you have faith for it. It's, you know, seek and you'll find. Knock and the door will be opened. If you lean in towards God, you find he's leaning back towards you. So can we pray and then, like, look at the Bible? It's probably a good idea in church, right? Like, can we, can we pray and then can we, you know, look at the newspaper? No, we'll, we'll look at the Bible. So let's pray. Awesome. Um, God, I thank you that you're here, that you're present. God, that we don't need to ascend some mountain to find you. Jesus, you are Emmanuel, God with us. And I just pray right now, Holy Spirit, would you open the eyes of our heart to see your face? Would you open the ears of our heart to hear your, hear your voice, Lord, your still small voice? And I pray, Lord, that today would be the day of salvation. Today would be the day we hear your voice. Today would be the day where our hearts find their home in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, if you're a note taker, I, I guess I would call this little talk, what's the plan? What's the plan? Um, I, I hear that phrase, what's the plan, most often when I go out to dinner with indecisive people. Do you know what it's like? I'm, I'm kind of indecisive, but there's a real problem um, when you're an indecisive person and you go out for dinner with an indecisive person. 
because no one's making decisions. Maybe I see some like husbands and wives kind of like glancing at each other. Maybe your spouse is an indecisive person and you're just like, wow, God brought you into this service to tell you of your indecisiveness, to heal you of it so you can make some decisions. Don't look at each other. Just, you know, let God do the conviction, not you. Just let them really receive it. Too late. Um, Indecisive people. You'll go out to a restaurant with indecisive people. Oh, what do you want? I'm easy. What do you want? I'm easy too. You? I'm easy. Okay, so there's four easy people. Someone make a decision. Like, where are we going? And then it's like, ah, whatever you want. Ah, are we going to share? Ah, I'm easy. Whatever you want. Are we going to get individual meals? Ah, I'm easy. Whatever you want. Okay, well, we can't, we can't all be easy. Some, someone actually has to order eventually. Someone has to read the menu and, and, and make the call. We need a shot caller. I don't get on the plane and the, the captain's like, um, uh, hey, guys, does anyone want to jump up here? I mean, I'm easy. I'll, I'll go wherever... But like, just want to point me out. Like, no, we, we, we need a captain. We need someone to call the shots. But then, inevitably, these indecisive people, you're not, you're not as easy as you say you are. I'll eat anything. Sweet. What about Mexican? Anything but Mexican. Oh, well, that would have helped in the early decision making. If we could rule some things out, why well, didn't I ask you, what don't you want? We can rule things out like, oh, I'll have anything. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, except um, I won't eat like anything with rice. Okay, so that's not really easy because you've just like taken out a whole kind of area of like the takeaway fast food, like, come on people, let your yes be yes, let your no be no. If you want to go out for burgers, say, I would like a burger. If you want a steak, say, I would like a steak. And then, you know, you can work on your conflict resolution and together as a group, you can decide where you're going to go. But indecisive people, of which I'm one of them, it's very hard to move forward to make decisions. And um, so what, what's the plan? That's where, where are we going? What are we going to eat? What's the plan? And, uh, you know, in, we also ask that question in like much more serious cases, don't we? What's the plan? What am I going to do here? What decision am I going to make? And so I want to look at a guy in the Bible who, who makes decisions and how he includes God in his decision-making. Now, I'm not talking about little things like, is it wheat bix or am I going to have Nutrigrain? I'm talking about bigger decisions, the like, direction of your life. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to like, you know, talk to this family member about this? Or how, what are we going to do as a family here? Or what am I going to do about this course? Or what am I going to do about this job? And so let's have a look. 1 Samuel chapter 30. Um, and uh, I'll, I'll give you some context. But um, this is about a guy called David. Now, David is, um, at this point, he is, like, he's famous. Uh, a famous warrior. He's, you might have heard of David. He's killed a giant, like with a stone, very skillful. He's, um, well, it was God who did it, but he had a good stone arm there, uh, slingshot. Um, he's killed lions and bears. That's next level. Uh, like when he was young, he's killed lions and bears. Anyone here killed a lion or bear? I don't think so. This guy's like famous. Some, one person put their hand up. Okay, sure. Well, remember we're in church. You know, maybe not a good move to lie. That's okay. I'll talk to you later. Um, uh, but, you know, Jesus forgives you. That's fine. Um, but you definitely didn't kill a bear. Um, and uh, he's killed lions and bears. There's songs about David. People sing, David has killed tens of thousands. Like, imagine turning on the radio and you just hear, oh, it's the song about the guy, the like lion, the bear guy, the giant guy that killed tens of thousands guy. Imagine that, like, oh, David, David. Like, David, people sing about David. David's famous, okay? But at this point, David is like an enemy of the king of Israel, King Saul. He's like his enemy. So he's left the country. He's fled. He's essentially a fugitive. He's, just, he's like, you know... Um, 
Harrison Ford, the fugitive, and King Saul is Tommy Lee Jones. I'm going to find, maybe that reference is too old for some youth again, sorry. The Fugitive is a great film, check it out later. Um, He's on the run, he's trying to get away, and uh, so he's uh, in a place called Ziklag, he's in enemy territory, but David is so famous that he has attracted a band of misfits, other people who like don't really belong in the whole Israel kingdom, but they follow David anyway. So now David's a runaway and he's got his own army. So he's got an army of people who've run away. He's famous, the bears, the lions, the giants, the 10,000. He's got the army. He's kind of like a Robin Hood kind of situation, okay? That's who David is. And um, here we are at Ziklag. So David, um, Ziklag is the place where they live. And I'm just going to text my wife after this because I think Ziklag is a potentially great baby name. Ziklag Green. I think it sounds good. I think I'm going to suggest it and see what she says. Anyone else out there, take the name. It's free. You know, we don't live in the same area. So you, we have one Ziklag here, one Ziklag there. It's all good. You can take Ziklag. That's for free. Put that in your little notes there, Ziklag as a child's name. Boy or girl, up to you. Um, so, so Ziklag. Now the enemies of David and the enemies of Israel, the Amalekites, have, uh, his enemies have taken Ziklag. They've, they've, while David and his men were out fighting, they've come to David's home and they've attacked it. They've burnt it to the ground and they've stolen every, every servant, every woman, every child, every, every bit of livestock. They've taken everything. So that's where we're up to. So um, 1 Samuel 30 verse 1. David and his men reached Ziklag on the third day. Now the Amalekites had raided the Negev and Ziklag. They'd attacked Ziklag and burned it and had taken captive the women and everyone else in it, both young and old. They killed none of them, but they carried them off as they went on their way. When David and his men reached Ziklag, they found it destroyed by fire and their wives and sons and daughters taken captive. So David and his men wept aloud until they had no strength left to weep. This has all the makings of um, Liam Neeson taken, doesn't it? Like, like uh, so, okay, you've got David. He kills lions. He kills bears when he's a kid. He, you know, he's a teenager. He kills a giant. He kills tens of thousands. He has an army. And this is the man you choose to attack. You've, you've attacked this man, the famous warrior. You've taken everything. I mean, this just, everything about this screams like blockbuster film to me. Like David. Like, dun, 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 dun. How dare you come to Ziklag? Dun, 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 dun. Like maybe the Inception horns, they're like, wow, David, wow, Ziklag. Like it's, it has all the makings of, a, of an incredible comeback story, right? But it's very interesting how David responds to this because David could make a decision very quickly for a couple of reasons. One, he's capable. He's capable of making a decision that, that he should act. He's, he's skilled. He could make this decision very easily. Let's get the army. Let's go. Okay? He's capable. He's, he's also under pressure. If we look in verse 6, it says, David was greatly distressed because the men were talking of stoning him. Each one was bitter in spirit because of his sons and daughters. So he was under pressure. He, he could, some, you know, he's like, I, could, I need to make a decision right now because everything around me is pretty desperate. Like, I need, this is the time to act. This is not the time to be indecisive. This is the time to be decisive. Um, he's also got no time, okay? He's come back to the city and the city is burnt. How long are they going to keep my family alive? How long are they going to keep our livestock alive? How long are they going to keep our stuff? Like, if we go now, maybe we can catch them and we can bring everyone back. But if we don't go quickly, everyone we know and love could be dead. 
There's time pressure here. There's serious time pressure here. They're already behind. They've got some catching up to do. But, and also, he's disappointed. It says they wept until they had no strength left to weep. He's emotional. He's distressed. He's hurt. He, he, needs to, he could make a decision right now to end this problem. And, but the, the thing that's really interesting here, it says in verse 6 at the end, but David found strength in the Lord his God. And David brings God into his decision-making. That's where his strength comes from. Now, I also sometimes I'm in a habit of leaving God out of my decision-making for the same reasons. I'm capable. God, I don't need to ask you what I should do because I know how to do this. Like, I'm, this is my everyday thing. Like, I can do it. I don't need you, so I'm just going to do it because I'm capable. Or maybe I leave God out of my decisions because I'm under pressure from the people around me. Maybe, maybe my family are like, you should just do this. Or maybe my friends are like, come on, man, just you know, get into it. Maybe it's peer pressure. Maybe it's just advice. Maybe it's from someone above me. Maybe it's from someone I'm responsible for. I, I need to make a decision because of the people who rely on me. We're under pressure, like I've got to do this. Or maybe it's comparison. You look at everyone else in the same stage as you and everyone else seems to be doing better. I've got to make a decision about something because they're all over there and I'm back here. Like the, the pressure from around me, that's why I leave God out of my decisions. Or I've just got no time sometimes. Like sometimes I just wake up and it's go, 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 and then I go to sleep. And it's like, I got no time, so I just need, like, I just need to make decisions. I just need to do something. I need to make a call. But also, sometimes I leave God out of my decision-making, like, like David could have, because of where my heart's at, because of how I feel. And like my tendency is when I'm in pain and when I'm hurting or when things are uncomfortable, I want to do anything to stop that. Um, but the Bible says that the heart is deceptive above all who can trust it. Sometimes my feelings, sh- I should not follow because my feelings sometimes will try and get me out of trouble. But actually, that's why the Bible says we, we live by faith and not by sight. That's why sometimes the, the decision, the situation might be real, but my faith tells me that it's not final because of Jesus. So this situation is difficult, but maybe I'm going to hang on because I believe God can do something. Or, or this, this situation is so hard, I'm so in distress, but God, I look to you. I don't let my feelings push me around. I don't let how I feel. God, I'm going to go to my faith, my belief in you, because God is so good. He takes you by the hand. He leads you out of that place. And, my, and it's my feelings. I'm an emotional guy. I'm a verbal processor. I like go home and I just tell my wife like everything that I feel. And like sometimes it's just like, just get over it. Like, oh, you'll, you'll never believe it. Like I had to change a tire and I'm like, I've never done it before. And I just felt so like I'm not a man. And she's like, just like calm down, man. Like I, I'm an emotional guy. And so I will make decisions to feel better which is not always good for me. Um, but David, but it, it, I'm often in a habit of leaving God out of my decision-making because it, it's, it's sometimes difficult. For, like, how do I even ask God about this? Or how do I even know what God wants for me in this? But I, I just thought about this this year. Like, imagine what my life would like, would look like. My, imagine if my life, imagine what my life would look like, sorry, um, you know, this weekend was, was the hottest day in the history of anything, and I believe it's, it's injured my brain in some way. What, I mean, um, I've been to South Australia like quite a few times. Um, Jerry's never been, and I just thought, Jerry, what an historic weekend, week for you to come to Adelaide. It's practically the surface of the sun. Like, soak it up, Jerry. You can tell your children and your children's children. I was there in 2019, and, you know, people were just 
bursting into flames and flesh was melting off and I don't know how I survived, but here I am. Oh, those were dark times. But everyone else in South Australia was like, oh, it's just like a normal Wednesday. Um, Sorry, so I'm trying to catch up. My brain is just still recuperating. But imagine if I developed a habit of bringing God into my decision-making. What could that look like? That would be amazing. Like, imagine if I woke up and I knew I had a really big day at work. And instead of just drinking my coffee and eating my breakfast and driving to work, imagine if I just took a second and I said, God, you made this day. You know exactly what's going to happen before it happens. What should I do? Oof, imagine what that meeting would be like. Or imagine you've got family stuff going on or relational stuff going on with your friends. And you know, as soon as I get to that event with those people, it's going to kick on. It's going like, to be on for young and old. It's going to be yelling. There's going to be crying. Like, it's so hard in my relational world right now. But imagine if, while I was just sitting in the car, before I went into the house or went into the thing, I stopped and I said, God, you know every heart. You know the real issue underneath. You know everything that's happening. So God, would you give me wisdom? God, would you give me something to say? Would you give me a word that's going to calm that situation? Imagine what that would look like if you included God into those decisions every day. I, I, wouldn't it be a different year? Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be so different to last year if, if we did that, if we brought God into it? You know, you, but, but I, I might be saying this to you and you might say, well... Actually, I, I find it difficult to know what God wants me to do. Like, you know, uh, people say, God spoke to me about this, God spoke to me about that. But I, I, I personally, sometimes I'm like, God, I don't, I don't know if I can really hear your voice. God, how do I know what you're saying? Like, an angel would be awesome. A part of the heavens and a lightning bolt would be great. But that, uh, I just don't know what to do. How do I hear your voice? But can I encourage you that you can hear the voice of Jesus? Because in John 10, 27, uh, Jesus says, I know my sheep and my sheep know me. So you have this, this something inside you God has put in you that can recognize the voice of your shepherd. And it says like, my sheep hear my voice and I lead them out. So you can know the voice of Jesus, but it's something in your journey you grow in over time. So don't be discouraged like, well, last year I opened my Bible and sometimes I go to church and I'm like, is everyone reading a different Bible to me? Like their, their Bible is really beautiful and it's like really encouraging. My Bible is like, you know, like Enoch was the son of Ehud and the son of... I'm like, hmm, this isn't really speaking to me. Do I need to switch Bibles? Like, should I switch Bibles with the pastor? Like, what, what, like how do I get this? Sometimes that's how I feel. And, and sometimes I feel like, well, maybe this isn't just worth my time. But can I encourage you, go again. Open the word again. Remember, God's word creates. No time spent with God is ever wasted. It, none of it is waste to him. None of it is waste to him. He can use all of it. He store, the Bible says, um, Psalm 7 verse 1, um, I store up my commands in your heart that I may live. So what, sometimes if you don't understand it, you're just storing it up. You're just banking it in your heart. You're banking God's word there and you're learning to understand his voice. So, you know, I, I went to the gym once and I didn't get shredded. Like I saw, I saw Thor, I saw Chris Hemsworth and I was like, I can do that. And I went to the gym and I came home and nothing happened. And I was really upset. And so I've decided not to go anymore. That's it. It doesn't work. You, you might say to me like, well, Will, you need to go, you need to go again. Oh, well, I might say like, well, no, I already tried it. And then you might say something really wise to me because you're a very wise person. You might say, Will, like anything worth doing is do- worth doing again. 
you might say to me, like, Will, it's not just the, the one-off time that's going to do it for you. It, it's repetition. It's keep going, go again, go again. You might say to me, because you're so wise, you might say, Will, it's not your intentions that form who you are. It's your habits. And I might say, wow, you're very wise. Thank you so much. That's good advice. I'm going to go back to the gym. And you might sound like, oh, he's oversimplifying hearing from God here. He's, he's, he's talking about push-ups and he's talking about hearing from God. It's not. But, but the Bible, the Bible says this. This is awesome. 1 Timothy 4.8. This is a word for those of you who don't go to the gym, but you, you spend your time in church. It says this. Physical training is of some value, but, but uh, here it is. But godliness has value for all things. So if you don't go to the gym, but you go to church, oh, there it is right there. You've made the better decision. Come on, somebody. That's for me. That's for me, the scrawny guys. Thank you, Jesus. Yes, that's why I don't go to the gym because it's of some value. But godliness has value for all things. It has value for the present life and the life to come. And when we go to heaven, we'll have a new body. Then I'll get my biceps, so I'm all good. But godliness has value now, and it has value tomorrow, and it has value tomorrow, and it has the next day, and the next day, and next week, and May, and August, and September, and 2030, and you know, and eternity. Godliness has value for all things, okay? But it, it's, but it, it can be difficult to hear the voice of God, but you grow in your ability to understand His voice. You grow in your recognition of His voice. See, um, my, uh, my phone is always on silent. If that thing rang, I wouldn't know what I'm listening to. I would be like, what is that strange sound? It's always on silent, but now I know the vibration sound. So like, I can just be like having a conversation with someone and I just hear that like, mm-hmm. and then I'm like, oh, sorry, that was my phone. And I'm like, oh. it can be in another room. Or I can be out at like a crowded restaurant having a really deep conversation with my wife and like, oh, oh isn't our life amazing? Oh, wow, what can our future be? oh, you know, oh, I love you, like, I don't know, it's romantic stuff. And, um, you know, deep conversation. And I can hear six tables away, someone's phone, and I'm like, sorry, someone's phone's ringing. Sorry, just, she's trying to, like, be, you can tell me, like, oh, I love you. I'm like, yeah, sorry, just hold that. Is someone going to get that phone? I can hear that, like, I can hear the vibration. Can someone pick that thing up? Because, like, my ear is so attuned to the vibration of the phone, right? Because I've, like, uh, my ear has become accustomed to the sound of it. But, you know, one of my great fears, though, is I live in an apartment complex, one of my greatest fears in life is that one day my car alarm's going to go off and I'm not going to know it's my car because I've never heard it. I've never heard my car alarm and car alarms go off all the time in our block and I'm always like, it can't be ours. It can't be our car. My great fear is that one day the car alarm's going to be going off I'm going to ignore it. And thieves are going to be just scrapping my car. They're going to be removing the seats. They're going to be taking the mints out of the glove box. They're going to be taking the old street directory, which I don't use, but my mum gave it to me. And they're going to be just like taking the steering wheel and the, the wheels off. And I'm going to come out to just an empty chassis, no engine, no seats, no nothing, just a car alarm. And that, that's one of my great fears because I just can't recognise the sound of it. I'm not attuned to it like it's my child. It's a car alarm. I don't know. It's just like going off all the time. Like, uh, that's one of my greatest fears because I don't recognize the sound of it. But say, like, my wife, because, like, we talk a lot and I spend a lot of time with her, I, like, know her voice so well. I even know the tone. I, I even know when things mean something else. It's, it's not the words I'm listening for. It's the tone now. Um, so she could say, like, Will, oh, get in here. And um, it's because she's, like, watching a funny thing on YouTube she wants me to see. Or, like, or it could be, like, Will. Get in here. And uh, it's because I've left something on the ground that I was maybe meant to put away. Or it can be like, Will, 
get in here. The whisper, the quieter it gets, the more scared I get. Because I've, I've become accustomed. She's like, she's beautiful. Like, maybe not painting. Well, no, she's the good one. I'm the one who, I'm just a silly boy. I just like leave things everywhere. I'm a mess. Um, so, you know, pray for her. It's, it's tough. Um, but I've come accustomed to her voice. And in the same way, you grow in your recognition of the voice of Jesus. So spend time in his word and discover what his character is like. And you're like, ah, that, okay, that's still small voice. Spend time in worship and feel what the presence of God is like. Spend time with his people and you begin to hear his voice through other people. Spend time praying, just sitting with him. And can I encourage you, maybe you sit down, you open your Bible and you don't get anything out of it. Maybe you sit down and you pray and you feel like, I didn't hear anything. You're just learning to hear his voice. It's okay. It's, you're just learning to, to hear his voice. But you can hear the voice of God. You can seek him. You can find him. Remember, you're, this is going to offend some of you. Um, but Jesus calls you a sheep. Unless you're from New Zealand, then that's like the highest praise you could ever get. Like, you're a sheep. And they're like, oh, thank you. Choice. Like, bro. Um, you know, you could be like, that's so good. Um, but, but Jesus says, you're a sheep and I'm the shepherd. And you know my voice. I know you, you can know me. So if you're, if, you know, you're today like, I don't know Jesus that well, you can know him. Spend time with him. Learn his voice. And then you'll find, you know, you're driving to work. Oh, God, that feeling, that peace in my heart. I recognize that's you. Oh, God, that thought that just came in, that I'm just remembering that scripture now. That sounds like your voice. And that's how you grow. That's how you grow. That's how you bring God into your decision making. You know, you, you actually have access to heavenly help. Ooh, that's crazy. You have access, like, um, if I need help with the printer at work, I ask um, my friend Nicole, who understands the printer. I hate that machine. I would love to set it on fire. I would love to, like, ram it with my car. I would love to, I would love to just hack at it with a, with a golf club. I, I hate that machine. But she can help me and, and can work it out, and she can make it work. Her, her help's pretty good. You know, I can ask my friends for advice. They, they give good advice. You know, the Bible says, seek wise counsel. I seek wise counsel, they give good advice. But there's nothing compared to the help of heaven. The Bible says, I lift my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, okay? So if God can make an ocean, okay? Uh, if I had to make an ocean, I don't know where I'd start. But if God can make an ocean, wow, that God can help you. Wow, if God can make a mountain, that God can help you. If the God who made the, oh, did you see the sky last night? Wasn't it beautiful? My goodness. The God who can paint that without any effort. Like he's not sweating. He's like, oh, that was really hard. He can boom, make it. The Bible says that even the skies tell of the wonders of God. If he can make that, wow, that's, that's the help you have access to. Oh, that's amazing. And he wants to help you. He wants to help you. That's the wild thing as well. God is God. God is huge. God is holy. God's in heaven. And he wants to help me, little old me, just a guy, you know, walking around trying to figure it out. God, you would help me. <sighs> How amazing is that? You have access to the help of heaven. I mean, it's crazy. So this is what David does. Um, verse 7. Um, David, so he finds his strength in the Lord. Everyone's taken. He needs to make a decision. And he says to Abiathar, that, um, just for the record, that's not on the baby name list. Ziklag is still number one. Abiathar, no. Unless that's your name here. I'm sorry I offended you. 
Um, it's, it's a beautiful name. It's just not for me. Um, you do you. I'll do me. Um, uh, he, he brought to him the ephod. What the heck is an ephod? Is it, I was like, a typo? Is it, should that be earpod? Should it be iPod? It's ephod. Um, but he, um, this, this is the garment of one who stands before God. This is something that a priest would wear. This is what you, in, the, in those days, if you wanted to come to approach God, you had to prepare yourself. You had to dress right. You had to clean yourself. You had to come to God on God's terms. Now, I am so grateful for Jesus because the Bible says he is our new and living way because the things that I've done wrong lock me out of being in relationship with God. It's my sin. It's my mistake. It's living my way. I separated myself from him. And nothing I can do can get back into that place with Him. I can try and be good enough. I can work hard. I can read the Bible. I can come to church. But it's not enough. But the Bible says we have a new and living way. Jesus made a way for us. And now we can boldly approach the throne of grace. Now we can have relationship with God because Jesus made a way. I don't need to wear an ephod. I don't need to cleanse myself. I don't need to like recite 10, 15 things. I don't have to do all this stuff. All I have to do is believe in Jesus. All I have to do is give my life to Jesus. That's it. I just say, Jesus, I believe that you came for me. You died for me. You rose for me. I want you to be number one in my life. Forgive me for the wrong things I've done. And he makes a way where I was once locked away from God, I can boldly, the Bible says, boldly approach the throne of grace. I don't have to worry about what my life looks like or how messed up I am. I just need to believe in Jesus and I can boldly come into relationship with God. Isn't that beautiful? We have a new and living way. No one here is wearing an ephod. I checked at the door. We're all wearing normal clothes. But what this like shows us about God is that God likes it when we posture ourselves to meet with Him to posture ourselves. We don't have to like, you know, dress a certain way, but we can posture ourselves. The Bible says put on praise. So when we come to church, I've had a hard week, but I posture myself, I put on praise. I'm like, okay, God, I've had a hard week, but I posture myself like I'm going to meet with you. So I believe that I'm going to meet with you. The Bible says that anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and he's a rewarder of those who earnestly seek him. So that means when I come to church, I, I, I put on my faith. I go, I've had a terrible week, but I believe, come on, I'm putting on my faith coat now. I believe that when I come to church, God's going to speak to me. I believe that I'm going to find peace. I believe I'm going to find a solution. I, I posture myself. I put on faith. I put on praise. I put on thankfulness. Um, it, it's just like, it's not about, you know, working it out because we just need to come to Jesus. But it is about expecting and believing that we can come to him. We just say, okay, I'm coming to you. We posture ourselves. Um, I've, got, I've got a photo I'm quickly going to show because um, my friend and I um, at church, some of the like, stuff we do in the, in the community and like, in public schools, we got an invitation to meet the Premier of New South Wales and um, to go to Parliament House. I went to Parliament House like, you know, they said I would be, they said I couldn't, you know, they said I couldn't. And there I was, invited to Parliament House. It was actually like not that impressive. It was like hundreds of people who do things, but we got invited. When I went to Parliament House when I was in Year 5, and my Year 5 teacher said, well, say goodbye to Parliament House. You'll never be back in here again. So I just showed him, yeah. Anyway, 
we were going to meet the premier. So we were like, well, we're going to meet a dignitary. So let's just get ready to meet a dignitary. So this is what we wore. We didn't meet the premier because she was busy and then cancelled, but we met the queen. There she is. That's us with the queen. See, I wore, I, I would say I'm a bit more classically dressed than the other guy, but you know, that's okay. That's his kind of style. There we, we had a chat with the queen. We've got that other photo. We like asked her how she was. We said, yes, your majesty. It is a great honor to meet you. And then another one, I thought I should, um, I grew a moustache at that time to you just really honor the queen. And there we were. So, but, but on our way to Parliament House, we're like, oh, we've got to actually dress up. Like we've got to put on something different when we come. And you know, when, when we meet with God, we meet with a king. So when I come to God, I don't put on a suit and a tie and special shoes, but I put on the belief and the faith that the king wants to talk to me. That's what I put on. I'm like, God, I don't deserve it. I haven't earned it, but you would want to speak to me. I believe it. And so I come before your throne. That's the access to the help you have. But now we don't need ephods. We don't need any of that. We have Jesus. We can boldly approach because of Jesus. How kind is Jesus? How beautiful is Jesus? So amazing. And then here's here's the kicker. Here's the great part of this story that I love. It says, David inquired of the Lord. And David inquired of the Lord. And uh, you, don't, you don't ask someone a question if you don't expect they can answer. So like when I drive with my wife, I say, oh, should, we, should, we t- should I turn left? Should I turn left? Should I turn left? And then she says, no. And then I turn left. And then she says, why did you ask me if you just weren't going to listen to what I had to say? I saw a few wives looking at their husbands. Don't do it. Um, so she's like, what? Like, you know... Well, why'd you do that? I'm like, I don't know. Sorry. I'm just silly. It's really hard being married to like a, a real Christian and I'm just like you know, bumbling around. Um, but she's like, why, why did you ask, if, ask me if then you weren't going to do what I like said you should do? Like, why even ask? But David inquires of the Lord. He says, God, I believe you can tell me what to do and I'm ready to do it. I'm ready to do what you say. I'm ready to trust you. I'm ready to believe in you. And David inquires of the Lord. And then this is what the Lord says. He says, pursue them. You will certainly overtake them and succeed in the rescue. Do it. You will succeed. He said, come on, go. And God speaks it. And sure enough, it happens. And so David goes and they get back everything that was stolen. Everything that was stolen, they get it back in one piece. Because, not because of David, because God spoke it. Because David was willing to ask God what he should do. He inquired of the Lord and the Lord spoke to him and said, you will surely overtake it. You will. Go. You would get everything back. And maybe 2018, it stole a lot of things from you. Maybe you got robbed of a lot of things. Maybe you robbed yourself of a lot of things. Maybe you were robbed of your joy. Maybe you were robbed of your hope. Maybe you were robbed of whatever. But if we inquire of the Lord, God is a good God. His ways are higher. His thoughts are higher. If we inquire of the Lord, it's, just one, it's such a beautiful moment when we hear him say, go, I'm going to help you recover that which was stolen. Jesus came to give you life and life to the full. And you won't recover your joy by just trying to do joyful activities. You won't recover your peace by mindfulness and you know, walking on the beach every day. You will recover those things with Jesus. He goes before you. You, you cling to him every day. Go to him. Make a habit of seeking him. And he will restore that which has been stolen from you. He loves you. And just as I close, I want to pray for you. You know, I, um, I, I love that God says, go, you will pursue them. Go, you will recover it. Um, I remember when I, I first got a speeding fine, a red light camera. 
uh, because I was following my friend to his house and he went through an orange and then I, to my surprise it became red and I kept going and the camera got me bang and um, I made sure like I, I like smiled at the camera, no, um, it got me and then I, I thought I had been so hard done by, this is not fair. How come he gets to go and I have to stay? Like, oh, that's, oh, that's the worst. Like, I'm going to take this to court. I didn't. I just copped it. Copped it. Um, anyway, I was like, this, this is so unfair. But I, I used to be afraid to ask to inquire of God because I thought God was a red light God. I thought if I asked God, what should I do? He'd just say, nope, red light. And I'm like, but they get to do it and they're doing this and they're doing that and their life is this and their life is that and my life isn't. And I feel like I've got to stop at this red light. But the, the red light, the reason it's there is because I don't know what's coming around the corner. And when you inquire of God, he, he protects you. He's able to protect you from the things that are coming around the corner. He's able to give you wisdom. And, but you know what? God's not just a red light God. He's also the God of the green light. In due time, in due season, that thing that maybe you're waiting for or hoping for, maybe in a different way you didn't expect, he says, go, you'll overtake them. Come on, go, you surely will. He's not just the God of stop, I'm a killjoy. If you ask me what to do, I'm just going to tell you not to do it. Instead, he says, come on, let's do this together. I have a better way. I have a better plan. I have better things for you. Come on, go into peace. Go into joy. Go into security. And when we inquire of the Lord, his voice, when it speaks to our heart, It creates something in our life. But all of this starts, all of this starts with Jesus. Because without Jesus, we're not worthy of coming before God. It's only through Jesus that we can have that kind of relationship where we hear His voice. And So maybe you've never, ever decided, I want to follow Jesus. Or maybe you have a while ago and you feel like you've just walked away. You can come back to Jesus. His arms are open to you. He loves you. Or maybe you're just like not really even sure. You know, I love that it says godliness has value for this life and the life to come. Maybe you're not really sure if you were to die, where you would go, where you would end up. But you can have eternal security only through Jesus. And so if you've never accepted Jesus, you want to come back to Jesus. I want to give you that opportunity. So why don't we close our eyes and I want to pray for you. The Bible says today is the day of salvation. Not when you've worked it out, not when you've done enough research. Give your life to Jesus. See how good He is. So if you want to say yes to Jesus for the first time, or you want to come back, or you just want to be sure, I just want you to lift your hand. No one's looking, just me, and I want to pray for you. Pray a prayer. So who is there? Who wants to say yes to Jesus? Give their life to Jesus. Everything you're looking for, you find in Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If you want to come back, you can come back. His arms are open. He forgives you. He'll forgive you. Set you free. Just put your hand up nice and high so I can pray for you. Is anyone? Amazing. Okay, I want to pray for you also. If you would like, if you would like 2019 to be the year where you inquire of the Lord, where 2019 would be the year where you hear His voice where 2019 would be the year where He speaks and things come to pass, where you would know His voice like you know the voice of a friend. I want to pray for you as well. So why don't you just lift your hands. No one's looking just as a symbol of, yeah, I want that. God, I do want to hear your voice. I do want to include you in my day-to-day. Help me, God, to build a habit of seeking you. Help me, God, to draw close. Lord, I pray for every person with their hand lifted. God, would you speak into their heart? I thank you, Lord, that the sheep know the shepherd's voice and, 
And I pray in Jesus' name that if there's anything that has blocked their ears or, or hidden their understanding, I just pray in Jesus' name that that would be removed. Lord, that the walls would come down and the chains would break, that they would know you, that they would believe in you, that they would come to you ready to receive from you because you're good. And so God, everyone who's making that commitment, I thank you that your word says, commit your plans to the Lord and you will succeed. So I pray for every plan right now, every dream of 2019. God, I pray that right now as we commit it to you, we lift it to you, God. Would you speak to our heart and would your will be done? Lord, would you have your way? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Um, I might invite the band back if that's okay. Can we just have like, a, I reckon it's cool for me to tell you about hearing from God. I think it's more powerful if you hear from God for yourself. And so if, if we can just like worship for a little bit, if that's okay, just seek the Lord while He may be found. That's what the Bible says. He inhabits the praises of His people. That means when we praise Him, He's here. Where two or more are gathered, He's here. He's here now. He loves you. You can know His voice. Why don't you just close your eyes?